0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning, and welcome to this uh, last convocation before midterm break. I know a lot of us are feeling the weariness that comes with midterm. Both students and faculty alike are ready for a little respite. And so it will be well-earned when we get there. And we should also, I think, congratulate ourselves on getting this far in the semester, keeping our COVID numbers under control, staying in person so we don't have to hybridize or go remote. And thank you to all of you who have been doing your part with that. Today's convocation, celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, is brought to you by our Latino Student Union. And just one reminder, we've been kind of out of practice of doing convocations and chapels in person. We were off for over a year. So as we sort of re-enter and re-norm how we, how we hold this space together, just remember that as we move from one thing to the next, as we're transitioning, to stay silent and keep your attention focused up front. You might think that you're just whispering a little comment to the person right next to you, but when that's multiplied by 50 people in the space doing the same thing, it can be really unsettling for the people who are up front. So let's just all try to hold that space respectfully together. I am pleased to turn this over to our Latino Student Union, and then after convocation proper, we will be dismissed to move out to Schrock Plaza, where we'll have a little bit of extra time before our next class to celebrate together, be together with some electric brew, hot chocolate, and uh, Gutierrez Bakery Pan Dulce as well to continue the celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month with drink and food and music. So we're looking forward to that. Thanks. Buenos dias.
1: Good morning, everyone. Okay, so today for um, Hispanic Heritage Month, We're going to be taking like a slightly different approach compared to previous years where we would, instead of um, talking about like educational, on the educational side of Hispanic Heritage Month, um, we're going to be focusing on like different stories that people up here are going to present to us. So joining us in this space, we have Isaac Hernandez, who works in the Academic Success Center. We have Jennifer Avila Dominguez, Brandon Jimenez, Isis Espinosa, Brian Hernandez Rodriguez, and Eric Martinez. We will now have Isaac come up to the front and speak about Hispanic Heritage Month and his experience.
2: Hello. Uh, let me put my glasses on. Um, so yeah, good morning, everyone. Buenos dias. Uh, I'm Isaac Hernandez. I am an academic counselor in the Academic Success Center. I um, graduated here back in 2013, uh, so I've been away for a while. But now I'm back, and it feels good. Uh, so yeah, I'm honored to speak to you guys today about Hispanic Heritage Month and, and sort of what it means to me and how it's been a part of my formation and, uh, over the years. So when I think back to my time here at Goshen College, uh, I, often, I often get upset at myself. Especially now that the shoe's on the other foot and I'm working in the Academic Success Center. So as I reflect on that, I I can't help but feel sorry for my academic counselor during my time. Um, When I think back to my time at Goshen College, I think of the missed opportunities to better myself. I think of the challenges I didn't face head on, that I avoided until they became too big. I think of all the times I found ways to disconnect myself from people and academics and from believing I belonged here. Ways like hearing, you don't speak Spanish? How sad. Que triste. To me internalizing that is I would question if I was Mexican enough, you know? I would question my identity constantly. I was one of the only few Latinx uh, persons in my cohort who needed a translator. We would speak to Latinx families. Again, how sad. I would disengage from classes because I never felt smart enough. I mean, me, a GED graduate who couldn't even handle high school. There's no way he's cut out. There's no way he'll make it, especially at a place like this. I was drowning, and the unfortunate part is I was holding myself underwater. I was beating myself up because of all the things I was not, and because of that, I never took time to think about who I was. So, I was gone. I was out of GC. I couldn't make the grade, grades, and because of that, or, sorry. And then I found myself on academic dismissal, sitting at home with no purpose, no direction. My aunt challenged me to think about what was next, if not college, then what? What do you want to do with your life, she asked. So I pondered and I pondered. I worked and I spent a lot of time thinking about who I was and who I wanted to be. And to be truthful at that time, I didn't come up with a lot of answers, but I knew I wanted to come back to college and prove to myself that I could do it. So my mindset changed. I started thinking, about, started thinking less about things that I was not. And I thought more about my strengths and about what my identity meant to me, not to others, just myself. I focused more on who I was, again, and I focused on who I wanted to become. So for the first time, what was probably in my life, I, I asked, who am I to myself? Not thinking of anyone else's sort of expectations, just me. So I learned I wasn't a quitter, that I would come back and face those challenges that I had purposely evaded the first time around, regardless of how long it took or how difficult it would prove to be, and it was. I realized that my experiences as a Hispanic were mine and no one else could live them for me, so I became more comfortable with who I was but I was also curious about my roots. My father's from Sinaloa, Mexico, and my mother's from a border town, Edinburgh, Texas. And they both somehow ended up in Idaho, which is where I'm from. So I learned, and I continued to learn a lot about myself. Not too long after getting this job, I found myself in a familiar place. I found myself questioning things in the manner that it would have 12, 13, 14 years ago. Am I smart enough? Will I be able to relate to Hispanics here? Am I Hispanic enough? Am I cut out for this job? But this time, I caught myself. Because over the years, I've learned enough about myself and who I am to believe I can't ever do something or at least learn something valuable from trying. So that question, what does Hispanic Heritage Month mean to you, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And you'll see that and hear that. But for me, it always brings me back to a point of reflection, a time to think about who I am, where I've been, where I'm going. It's an honest time where I can ask myself, am I happy with who I am, and am I happy with the things I'm doing with my life? And if I'm not happy, it's a reminder that I'm in control, and I can make decisions to improve my happiness. I can change course. I can do things differently. You're all at a point right now where you can be anyone you want to be where you can explore what interests you. Some of you still might be struggling with your identity, figuring out who you are, but don't let that scare you. It can be a very fun and freeing process with a lot of enlightenment and growth. For those of you who are under the impression that college is a rigid four years, with this predetermined itinerary, don't be fooled. This is a time for you to discover yourself, a time to discover those happy things that you want to do with your life. So I hope you leave here today and ask yourself these questions. Who am I? And who do I want to be? I think you might be pleased with the things you learn about yourself. Thank you.
1: Buenos dias a todos ustedes. My name is Jennifer Avila-Dominguez, and I would like to thank you all for being here with us as we celebrate our Hispanic Heritage Month. As a new member of the LSU Club, I have been given the privilege to talk about what my Hispanic heritage heritage means to me and why it's important to me. I know that I could very well stand here before you all and give you yet another rendition of the same story that many of my Latina peers and I share. The ones where our parents leave their home countries and search for a better future, or the stories of how many of us have been discriminated against due to our ethnic background. And though I will forever be grateful and honor my parents' sacrifice for doing what they needed to do back then, I know that it is only a portion of the story that I am creating for myself today. I am one of the many undocumented first-generation students in this country, and I have lived my life up till now working to make sure that I got my foot in the door in hopes of achieving the better future my parents have dreamt of. While many of my peers had the help of their parents while transitioning into college, all I got from mine was a text in the morning of my orientation that said, Perdónanos por no poder estar ahí contigo, pero échale ganas. We're sorry that we can't be there with you today, but you can do it. I found this to be a very common thing for me growing up as the oldest. I needed to learn how to be independent and self sufficient from a very young age. I do not share this with you all today in hopes of receiving any form of sympathy or pity, nor will I let my story or myself be used as a token Mexican student for that matter. I am very proud to be Hispanic and Latina, but I will not let this be the only thing that defines me. I cannot give you all a clear answer as to what it means to be Hispanic or Latina. We all have different experiences and therefore the meaning will change from person to person. But there is one thing I know to be true and that is that being Hispanic and Latina takes courage. It takes courage to be the first in your family to attend college. It takes courage to to break generational curses. It takes courage to carry your family's dream on your back. It takes courage to be the example for our younger generations. It takes courage to be the one who makes it out. It takes courage, and it takes faith. My father came from nothing, so I will make this something worth the nights that he stayed up fighting. My mother came from nothing, so I will make this worth the nights that she stayed up crying. So as our parents say to us, I say to my fellow Hispanic and Latina peers today, es hora de echarle ganas. Thank you.
3: Buenos dias a todos. Good morning. My name is Brandon Jimenez. I'm a junior PJCS major and a new member of the Latino Student Union. For me, Hispanic Heritage Month is a time to reflect on my identity. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud to be Mexicano. And I'm proud to be Hispanic Latina. But being able to speak that sentence has not come without great reflection. What does it mean to be Hispanic? It means that my people speak Spanish. And what does it mean to be Latine? It means that my people are from America Latina. But I hold these labels in great tension from a place of both pride and suffering. These labels were not always used by all the people whom they refer to. They were imposed by others, by the conquistadores, by the colonizers. These labels come out of generations of genocide and exploitation. My people were not always Hispanic. It was forced upon us, nor were we always Latinas, the monolith that white people view us as. These labels are held by our communities in different ways. Some hold them with pride, out of our common experiences of resilience through struggle. Some hold them with contempt, remembering the atrocities committed against the ancestors. And some of us hold them simultaneously between both, But we are not one single people. We are many, with different experiences, different customs, and different traditions. Many peoples, but united. When celebrating this month, I hope that we remember this reality, the reality in which many of us as the original peoples of America live in. The reality where we have yet to receive reparations and proper justice. This reality where the US and outside nations continue to destabilize our homelands and this reality where we have persevered and continue to do so. Through every tortilla we eat, salsa we dance, and story we tell, we proclaim, aún seguimos aquí. We are still here. And we are proud. They tried to bury us, but they did not know we were seeds. White neighbors, if you want to work against the cycles of violence created by your ancestors, which you continually benefit from, come and have a conversation. Become educated on matters of racism, police brutality, immigration, and indigenous sovereignty. Decolonize your sources of knowledge and work towards providing reparations to those of us who are marginalized. Take the first steps towards justice. But white neighbors, if you continue to live in your blissfully ignorant lives, Know that despite all the dirt you throw onto us, whether consciously or not, somos semillas, and we will continue to bloom. Gracias.
4: Buenos dias. Um, My name is Isis Danubio Espinosa, and I'm proud to be part of this year's Hispanic Heritage Month convocation. Today I want to commend and applaud all those living in the shadows, working low paying, high manual labor jobs, and living paycheck to paycheck. Despite those obstacles, they continue to persevere. I want to also applaud the voices of those that go unheard every year, to those undocumented, and to those who are dehumanized or ridiculed for their language barrier. Because of the sacrifices of many of our parents, or just ourselves, we sit here in hopes to repay them or repay ourselves. To all Hispanic slash Latino students sitting here, know that we are important and that our contributions do matter, we are the future. We are not just a statistic for the use of performative diversity or activism. We are not a headline to showcase the BIPOC on our campus. We are people with hopes, dreams, and voices that are just as important as all those with privilege. Thank you.
5: Good morning to you all. Buenos dias a todos ustedes. First and foremost, I would like to thank the LSU for giving me the opportunity to speak about my beautiful Mexican culture through sharing what Hispanic Heritage Month means to me. This month has given me the opportunity to reflect on the many blessings and lessons that my heritage has offered me thus far. From a young boy learning to appreciate life with his grandpa in Apa Hidalgo, Mexico, to getting up every day at four in the morning as a factory worker and reciting my, to myself a popular saying amongst mi gente Mexicana, a darle con todo, let's give it everything. I stand here with you all today and will wholeheartedly say if I could go back I wouldn't change a thing because that's my story. Before you all is Brian Hernandez Rodriguez, son of Catalina Rodriguez and grandson of Rafael Rodriguez Romero, both whom and are strong individuals who never stayed down when life knocked them down and persevered through strenuous factory and agricultural work. Both are people who saw potential in me since I was still in diapers And they're a fundamental piece of why I have the privilege to stand here as an undocumented Latino who traveled more than 2,200 miles to the land of opportunity for a better shot at life. And I stand before you all today as a junior college student. And though there are more than odds against me being here, I have learned to appreciate every single part of my Hispanic heritage. So, the question, what does being Hispanic mean to you? Is one that I've always constantly pondered on while looking at that eagle biting a serpent with the red, white, and green colors behind it. There was never a clear answer, but I always felt as if that flag represented the inability to accept mediocrity, the inability to give up, and like my peers before I have said, I charle ganas. And how could I forget my grandpa's famous belief of always being united as one and spending those with? spending time with those who you love most. These values stuck with me as I came into unfamiliar territory when I arrived to Goshen. I was just a teenager with a chip on his shoulder, and not to prove something about himself, not even knowing where this new chapter would take him. Afraid at that moment would describe how I felt perfectly, but I am a product of many things, and succumbing to the most formidable of challenges is not one of the things that I was taught. I have managed to connect with the likes of Jose Chiquito and Jesse Lowen, who decided to take a chance on me and guide me. Both have practiced what it means to be a Latino perfectly, which is lending a helping hand to those who need it. And I I managed to accomplish a great deal of my goals that I never even thought would be possible. So what does being Latino mean to me exactly? It's showing other Hispanic members of my community that opening new doors is possible. It's inspiring them and showing them that the boundaries and chains are meant to be broken. And that their stories are beautiful and could inspire others. Just like I hope mine is doing today. That's what I think being Latino means. Thank you, and like my my ancestors and them before them have said, viva Mexico. Thank you.
6: sure what I'm supposed to be pointing at oh. these are our wonderful speakers before I start I would like to say uh, thank you tell you for giving me this opportunity to speak and uh, thank you to whoever saw my tweets and got me here uh, my name is Eric Josue Martinez and I would just like to share a little story today um, in 2012 at the opportunity to go to both Colombia and Guatemala, the countries uh, where my parents are from. I spent an entire month in Colombia and just a few weeks in Guatemala. Um, During this time, I was surrounded by family and was staying in the homes that my parents grew up in. But while I was there, I had felt that I had met a missing person deep within me. Um, So in Colombia, uh, things work a little differently. Uh, the way you get groceries, um, you go to the store every day when you need something, so my uncles and aunts would go about three to five times a day. One day, my Uncle Joan comes up to me, and he asked me to go with him. And As we're walking, he's giving me one of those man-to-man conversations, but this one was a little more meaningful. He was telling me how much he loved me and my mom. They weren't able to grow up together, so having us both here uh, with him felt like he was whole once again. He told me that from here on out, we need to stay close because we're family and because we're Colombian. That part stuck with me. Um, I had only met him for a few days, but as you can see by these pictures, we are friends for a lifetime now. Um, I kept repeating in my head, I'm Colombian, I'm Colombian. Um, This was something that I always knew, but I hadn't fully accepted. We walked into the corner store, and I felt time stand still for a second. Everyone in that store looked exactly like me, spoke the same language like me, and didn't feel threatened by me. Again, in my head, I'm Colombian. I felt peace that that I wasn't used to growing up in Texas. I felt like I belonged for once, again. I am Colombian. I felt like I was home even though I knew I was thousands of miles away from my bedroom. I felt like I was supposed to be here because I am Colombian. Spending a month in Colombia um, around my family helped me accept my true identity, helped me discover who I really was. I am Hispanic, I am Latino, and I am proud of that. I am proud of who I am. I see people here today that look like me, and I have love for you all. You are all my brothers and sisters, even if you don't see me in the same light. I want to end with an important message to all of you. I didn't leave Colombia with all the answers, but I left with a better understanding of who I am, a better understanding of myself. Our identity is what makes us unique, and it's what makes us beautiful. And to my beautiful people of color here with me today, I want you you to know that our identity can be hard to accept because of where we live. But we should still embrace who we are, accept your skin color, accept your sexuality, accept your heritage, and go out there and tell people about it. Don't shut up about it, like I'm doing today. Thank you.
3: First, once again, we want to thank our speakers for taking some time out of their day to speak to us about their experiences, their thoughts, and wishes. Please give them another round of applause. We also want to thank Richard Aguirre for his support and involvement with LSU and for making this happen as well. Thank you. (laughs) And now, as LSU club, we want to thank all of you who made everything happen because you are here and you are listening to us and you are listening to our stories and our experiences. And again, thanks to all of you.
0: Please stay tuned for LSU's future events. Um, read your communicator and keep an eye out for any posters. This wraps up this week's convocation. Again, thank you for being here. Please join us at Schrock Plaza for hot chocolate and pan dulce.
7: This Richard, I get one quick word before you go. <clears throat> this, this is an example of what awaits you in Schrock Plaza. This is fresh out of the oven from Gutierrez Bakery in downtown Goshen. And one quick last thing I'd like to say is um, I'm proud for the third year to be the advisor of the Latino Student Union. And that may not seem that remarkable, except I am no longer employed at Goshen College. Um, During the summer, I had a marvelous opportunity to serve our community in another way and there was an opening for a clerk treasurer in the city of Goshen. And with the support and blessing of Dr. Gilberto Perez and Dr. LaKendra Hardware, I sought this position and was fortunate enough to be uh, appointed. So I am the first Latino clerk treasurer in the history of Goshen. And in that role, I join Gilberto Pérez, I don't know, Gilberto, are you here today? If you are, please stand. Who was the first Latino elected to the Goshen City Council, and last night we wrapped up work on our budget in a record time with a record surplus for the city of Goshen. So I'm very happy to be with you today. Please join us in Schrock Plaza for Pan Dulce.